Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast by Slabstocks. I'm your host, Nate, and today we are going to talk about the NL Rookie of the Year. We talked about the AL Rookie of the Year uh, two weeks ago, I think. And I was going to get to it last week, but then uh, Mookie Betts trade happened and that whole thing. So we covered that. So this week, we are going to cover the NL Rookie of the Year. The NL Rookie of the Year, unlike the AL Rookie of the Year, seems a little bit more open. I'm pretty sure the AL Rookie of the Year is going to come down to Joe Adele and Luis Robert. And maybe a Jesus Lazardo. Uh, Forrest Whitley, Casey Mize, somebody like that sneaks in, Brendan McKay. But most likely, it's going to be those two big bats at the top of the top 100 prospect lists. On the NL side, things get a little bit murkier. There's two kind of standout guys to me that seem likely, and then a standout pitcher, and then a couple other dark horse candidates. So we're going to get right into it today. And first off, we got probably the front runner right now, Gavin Lux. Um, 22 years old, shortstop, but he will be playing second base for the Dodgers, along with a million other guys that the Dodgers have. I mean, Chris Taylor can play second base. Max Muncy can play second base. Uh, Austin Barnes can play second base. But he will get Enrique Hernandez, or Kiki Hernandez can play second base. But he will get, I assume, majority of the at-bats unless he fails uh, miserably. And I don't expect that to happen. <clears throat> In his cup of tea last year, he hit 240, average 305 on base, and a 400 slugging. That was an 80, good for an 87 WRC+, plus, which is 13% worse than league average. But again, 21-year-old, first time playing in the majors in a pennant race. Uh, you know, really not that bad. Had an 8.5% walk rate, which is nice. Anytime you're 60% better than your average, you're doing all right, um, even if the average was low. I expect him to do better, uh, also because he's from Wisconsin, and we're from Wisconsin, so you got to support him, you know. But I expect Gavin Lux <clears throat> to do much, much better this time around. Uh, you know, you don't just get... Fangraphs gives him a 70-hit tool and a 70-game power tool. You don't just get those handed out. He is absolutely incredible player. In the minors last year, in AAA, he hit 392, 478, 719. The 719 was his slugging percentage, not his OPS. 719 slugging in AAA. He was 88% better than league average. So Gavin Lux clearly has it in him. He's been amazing for a couple of years now. Uh, he ran a 147 WRC+, in high A, a 147 WRC+, in double A, and a 188 WRC+, plus in triple A. So he's been amazing for a couple of years now. He struggled last year in the minors, I mean in the majors, but I expect that to turn around. And with, with him getting the second base job out of spring training, he's got a really good bet to win this award. He'll have the entire year. The one thing I worry about, and we mentioned it before, is the depth they have. Austin Barnes, Kike Hernandez, Max Muncy, they all got to play. Chris Taylor, they all have to play. They're all going to be playing. So Gavin Lux is probably going to get a few more days off than your typical um, your typical uh, rookie of the year contender. And that's okay. 
as long as he puts up good numbers when he's in there. As for Gavin Lux's splits, this might have to do more with what we will see because last year he's left-handed. Against righties, he hit 270. Against lefties, he hit .083. So he got to hit 8% of the time as opposed to 27% of the time as a righty. Small sample size, obviously. Uh, only had 12 uh, plate appearances against lefties as opposed to 70 against righties. But still, that could be something that you are going to have to watch. Gavin Lux may not face lefties, especially when you've got guys like Chris Taylor who are right-handed. So we'll see what happens there. As for Gavin Lux prices on the year for going into his Rookie of the Year campaign, we've got base autos going for about $220. Last one on bids went for $217, $217 uh, on February 15th. And they're going for 200 225 on buy it nows. So if he wins rookie of the year, you, you could see you could see a boost. I worry about the team though. There is a lot of talent around him, especially now that Mookie Betts is there. It could detract from Gavin Lux's prices. We'll see what happens. Number two on the list. Oh, I also I also grabbed before I forget, I also grabbed his tops update cards because him and Carter Kaiboom, who I'm going to be talking about next, they have tops rookie cards, even though they are in contention for rookie of the year this year. And as for his prices go, his short prints going for about $70, and his base are going for about, you know, his base just tops update regular rookie about $3, somewhere around there. So, uh, you know, there's some prices to be made, and if he is really good, like he looks like he could be, you know, what's the floor for him? Cody Bellinger, Tops Update cards are going for like 10 bucks right now. So, you know, he might be able to, or the ceiling for him, not the floor. He might be able to get up to that. Number two on our list, I just mentioned it, is Carter Kaiboom, the uh, shortstop prospect for the Nationals. He is also 22 years old. Uh, just like Gavin Lux. Fangraphs gives him a 55 hit, 55 game power, 40 speed, 45 field, 60 throw. He's not going to play shortstop. Got Trey Turner at shortstop. So he's not going to be playing short. They don't have a third baseman anymore because Anthony Rendon's gone and they got plenty of guys to play second. So they just came out and said that Carter Kaiboom is going to be playing third base, which is probably good. He only has a 45 field, but a strong throwing arm at a 60. Um, can definitely play the position. It's his to lose at this point. They they have plenty of guys that can fill in at those positions. They've got Starlin Castro. They've got Isdrubal Cabrera. They've got, um, if you go down the list a little bit, you know Wilmer Defoe. So they've got guys that if he struggles, they can play. they got Howie Kendrick to play second. Castro could play at third if need be. So if he struggles, the Nationals have disappointing, but replacements at third base that could happen for him. But that being said, Carter Kaiboom, it's his job to lose right now, and we'll see what happens. He was pretty disappointing in his uh, Major League debut last year. He hit only 43 paid appearances, so very a smaller cup of tea than even Gavin Lux. 
but he hit 128 with a 209 on base and a 282 slugging. That was good for a 17 WRC+, otherwise known as 83% worse than league average. Um, while that was really bad, his AAA numbers were much better. He hit 303, 409, 493, good for a 123 WRC+. And he, had, he ran a almost 14% walk rate to only a 20% strikeout rate. So much better numbers in AAA than the majors, but also not exactly anything to write home about. A 123 WRC plus is nice, but for a guy that should be in rookie of the year contention this year, uh, not super exciting numbers. And then you combine it with his uh, major league debut and poor numbers completely or all around. Uh, but why is he in rookie of the year contention for me is because it's his job to lose. He's going to get a shot at being the starting third baseman at the start of the year. And that counts for something. Um, you're not getting these guys that are coming in mid season and having only 90 to a hundred games to make up what Carter Kaiboom had 162 games to do. So Kaiboom second on my list for rookie of the year. I would bet Gavin Lux, but Carter Kaiboom is a safer bet. As for Carter Kaiboom prices right now, a little weird. A PSA 10, and uh, just a side note here, Carter Kaiboom, Bowman Chromatos do not come with a first in the corner. Uh, so no first in the corner for Carter Kaiboom. If you're looking and you're new to this, don't be expecting to see a first. Uh, 2018 Bowman Chrome Auto for him. And he just had a PSA 10 that went for $125 shipped on February 16th, which was yesterday. He had a raw base auto sell for $84 shipped yesterday. I think that's probably a bit high just earlier in the week on February 12th. So four days earlier, somebody got one for $56. So $84 to $56. You know, they did just come out with the fact that he's going to, it's the, his job to lose at third base, but that wasn't really shocking news by any means. So I don't get where the $20 increase came from. I think it's probably a false, uh, not a false sale, but somebody just really wanted it. I would not bid, I would not pay $84 for a Carter Kai Boom base auto. If it's near 50, sure. If it's 84, no chance. I would rather spend that money and buy Gavin Lux, or buy one of the other guys I'm going to be talking about soon. Um, Carter Kaiboom, like I mentioned before, also has Topps Update cards out. One of the two rookies this year that has a rookie card already, despite being in his quote-unquote rookie year. And Carter Kaiboom, he has a short print variation in Topps Update, and that's selling for about 8 to $9, $10. Um which really isn't great. The short print for, say, Keston Hira is around 40 um, and Carter Kaibooms is a fourth of that price. Obviously, Keston Hira was amazing last year. Carter Kaiboom was not. But then you have his base rookies, uh, a lot of four base rookies selling for 7 bucks, which is actually kind of high. A single base rookie with free shipping for $1.50. I saw another one down the list here. That sold for 50 cents. Free shipping, three bids, 50 cents, uh, February 15th. 
So that's really bad. You know, a 50 cent card is nothing to write home about. Um, he did have, you know, his gold, his gold out of 2019, selling for around 20 bucks. So really, not too much to be excited about from him on the Tops update market. But you never know. Maybe he figures something out, hits really well, learns something from Juan Soto, and all of a sudden these Tops update cards go from 50 cents to five bucks, and you are sitting on a treasure trove. You know, anytime you can, anytime you can, ten times your profit, it's big. So a lot of people like to buy one card, you know, buy one Ronald Lacuna Jr. card and ten times their profit, but they spent two thousand dollars instead of buying uh, three hundred Carter Kryboom base rookies for fifty cents and then ten timesing their profit. Uh, much easier, much less risky. So. Um, <clears throat> next on our list is some, well, let's go with, let's go with Christian Pache first. So Christian Pache is kind of in a weird zone. These next two guys are a little bit of a weird zone. They got vets in front of them. Um, Pache is the one that I don't really know about. And both these guys are also defensive first people. So we'll talk about Christian Pache first. Now, Pache is a 21-year-old center fielder for the Braves, played in AAA last year, unbelievable defensive player, top-of-the-line center field defense. I expect him to compete for gold gloves from the moment he enters the league to the moment he exits it. Um, a little hyperbole, hyperbole there. I don't expect him to actually compete for gold gloves when he's like 37 or 38 years old but I expect him to compete for him right now and Pache last year in double a hit 278 340 474 good for a 134 WRC plus and then in triple a he hit 274 337 on base and a 411 slugging good for a 92 WRC plus or 8% worse than league average his uh Walk percentage was still really nice in AAA at 8.6, and his strikeout percentage was nice at 17.1, but he didn't get to his power. He ran a 137 uh, ISO, isolated power, which is below average, and he only hit one home run, which is kind of disappointing because he had uh, AAA baseballs, which were the same as MLB baseballs, so you'd expect more power. But he didn't have it. I'm sure he's going to go back to AAA to start the season. His defense is ready. His bat, we'll see. His bat was fine, you know, 274, 337, 411. With that defense, if he runs that out in the major leagues, he's probably a four-win player. That being said, Ronald Lacuna is in front of him in center field. They could shift Ronald Lacuna over, which is probably what they're going to do when Christian Pache is ready because Pache is just unbelievable defensively. But... You know, you're not going to shift him over right now. And then the one guy he could replace is Nick Markakis in right field. But Nick Markakis is A, a vet. He's 36 years old. Teams like those vets, right? And number two, he still gets on base. He wasn't great last year. He ran. He had a 285, 356, 420, good for a 776 OPS. Um and was worth 0.8 wins above replacement because his defense was bad. 
and his offense was merely, you know, he wasn't getting, he wasn't hitting for a ton of power, but he's still getting on base. You slot him at the top of your lineup, he gets on base 36% of the time, he's a good veteran presence in your locker room. Do you want to mess with that to bring up Christian Pache when his bat's not ready, but his defense is? I don't think so. I don't think they do. Uh, Christian Pache, if he gets called up, will be one of those guys that gets called up midsummer, and then he'd have a lot of work to do to get uh, the Rookie of the Year award. So I don't see Pache getting it, but we'll cover his prices anyways. And for Bowman Chrome prices, on February 16th, which was yesterday, he had a base auto go for $110, well, really like $113. Um, and he had a BGS 9.5 refractor go for $311. So the prices are already up. Um, for a defensive first guy, I felt this way for a long time about Pache. For a defensive first guy, and I'm not always right. So, you know, if you really like Christian Pache, still go for it. Trust your gut. But he's defensive first. I don't love that. I think the bat is merely average maybe a few years where it's above average but probably not a ton he's more in the lines of Yadier Molina who's always been a very good player because of how good defensively he is and then for a while there he ran some nice years offensively but not like spectacular years thinking like 860 OPSs not 900 OPSs so he's more of a Yadier Molina than he is um well any player that is both good defensively and offensively. Uh, so Christian Pache, $110 for a base auto seems a bit rich for me for a guy that should be a three to four win player based off his defense and average bat. But I just don't see, unless he switches some things around, I don't see a huge ceiling there. The floor is extremely, extremely, extremely high probably the highest floor of any player in the minors. That being said, the ceiling is not as high as most other guys, and the Rookie of the Year award, unless something major happens, probably will not be going his way. And then next on the list, another guy that's in a weird situation, another guy that's defensive first, Cabrian Hayes, uh, 23-year-old third baseman for the Pirates. He only has Colin Moran in front of him. You know, the Pirates are a bad team. They're not going to be contending. They've got nice players. You know, Josh Bell is a very nice player. And Adam Frazier is a nice player. Kevin Newman, Brian Reynolds, Gregory Polanco, uh, Cole Tucker. They're all nice players, along with Joe Musgrove and uh, the Williams guy, um, Trevor Williams. You know, they've got nice players, Stephen Brault. But that being said, they're a bad team. So do they want to bring Brian Hayes up right away? Probably not. So they're going to let Colin Moran go out there and do what he does. He's a fine player, not spectacular by any means. Probably a one-win player, which is not a starter, not an average player. But when you're a rebuilding team, maybe you get a little bit more out of him. You trade him, you call up Cabrian Hayes. As for Cabrian Hayes... In AAA last year, he hit 265, 336, 415, which was also good for a 92 WRC+. He had a 92 WRC+. Christian Pache had a 92 WRC+. They're both, 
he had a 9% walk rate and an 18.8% K rate. And Christian Pache had a 8.6 walk rate and a 17.1% K rate. So they're literally almost like the same, the same guy um, offensively right now. And they're pretty much almost the same guy defensively. The problem is center field is much more valuable defensively than third base is. So while Cabrian Hayes has a 70 field and a 60 throw and a 60 speed currently, he plays third base, not center field. But he does have a 55 hit, whereas uh, Christian Pache was given a 45 hit. So Cabrian Hayes, ready defensively, going to be one of the top third basemen defensively in the league, going to challenge for gold gloves every single year. His hit tool is nice. His eye is nice. The problem with him is that his power just did not develop. He had 10 home runs in a full season in 110 games at AAA. Again, AAA baseball was the MLB baseball. You expect way more home runs from that, and his power just did not develop. Um, That is concerning to me. Pittsburgh is not a uh, small park. He gets to play in some of the small parks in the NL Central. Uh, The Reds Park, Great American, Miller Park, Wrigley. So, you know, he gets to play in some of those small parks, gets to play a number of games. That would be about 27 of his games in a year played in those three parks, which should be nice for his power. But it just didn't develop like you're expecting. So if he wants to win a rookie of the year, A, the Pirates have to decide to call him up relatively quickly. Just say no to Colin Moran, which I don't think will happen. I'm sure Brian Hayes is definitely their third baseman in the future. The issue is they're probably going to try to get something for Colin Moran. So you're going to play him, you're going to let him try to build value, and then you're going to trade him. If he doesn't build value, then you just bring up Brian Hayes, but that when will that be? June? So he'd have a lot of work to get done. Along with that, along with having to do a lot of work to uh, catch up to a Gavin Lux or a Carter Kaiboom, he would really have to change something with his batting or hitting approach. His walk and strikeout rates are nice. Great eye at the plate, pretty good bat, but no power is not going to get it done. Not in today's day and age. People just are not excited about that. So, Cabrian Hayes, a long shot at the rookie of the year, but potential. There is some potential there. As for his Bowman Chrome prices, the last couple Bowman Chrome cards of him to sell went for around $25 base auto. Uh, that seems about right. It's an older card. You know, if he was a, this type of player now, he would probably be 70, 70 bucks, 80 bucks out of uh, draft if he was the exact player he was right now out of draft. He's a $70 guy, $60 guy, $50 guy, you know, somewhere in there. Right now, he's a $25 guy. It was from 2015. Once these years go by, people kind of forget about past card sets. So $25 seems about right. He's a really nice player. He has a really high floor. He's probably got the second highest floor of everyone on this list. But again, his ceiling, unless that power comes up, just isn't there. All right, so we covered Gavin Lux and Carter Kaiboom, the front runners, so to speak. Christian Prache and Cabrian Hayes, the defensive guys that 
have a couple dudes in front of him that probably aren't too big of hindrances. Nick Markakis being a bigger hindrance than Colin Moran. Um, But also their bats might not be ready. And then moving on, I've got one guy who's really a dark horse. Not so in in prospect status, but in my mind just because I don't really like him. And then two pitchers. So Brendan Rodgers is my dark horse guy. He was... You, you know him because he's been a top prospect for years and years and years. I think he made the, let's see here, can I find him really quick? He was 31 on the Fangraph's Top 100 list that just came out last week. Um, he's been on the Top 100 prospect list since he was drafted a number of years ago. He got drafted in 2015. So he's also a 2015 guy along with Cabrian Hayes. Uh, he's 23 years old. He's a second baseman shortstop. He's got Ryan McMone, McCone, I don't know how to say his last name, um, Mc, McMahone. He's got Ryan McMahone in front of him, so that's one thing. I don't expect a ton from Ryan McMahone. I expect Brennan Rodgers to sec- take second base and run with it. He won't be playing shortstop anytime soon, even though he's drafted as a shortstop, because Trevor Story is there. He won't be playing third base anytime soon because Nolan Arenado's there, and unless they trade him, you know, Nolan Arenado will be there forever. So second base is his spot. He's got one guy in front of him, but I don't expect much from Ryan McMahon, even though he was a former top 100 prospect. So Brendan Rodgers, he might not get called up right away. He struggled last year in the majors, so they might try to give him a little bit more time in AAA. He's only played to this point through two seasons, 2018-2019. He's only played 58 games in AAA and 25 games in the majors. So he could use a little bit more time, a little bit more seasoning. That being said, Brendan Rodgers has a weird thing going here. In his first taste of AA, he ran a 104 WRC+. In his second taste of AA, he ran a 129 WRC+. So upped it by 25%. In his first taste in AAA, he ran a 44 WRC+. In his second taste of AAA, he ran a 147 WRC+, so he upped it by 103%. Now, in the majors in 2019, he ran a 25 WRC+. If he continues this trend, I expect him to be pretty decent. Will he up it by 100%? Probably not, but he does seem to get better the second time through every level he goes. You know, I'm not a big fan of Brendan Rodgers. That being said, history's on his side. The ability to play the position is on his side. Getting to play in Coors is on his side, though that's also kind of against him. Uh, people don't, you know, people are always quick to discredit Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, Justin, uh, Charlie Blackman, not Justin Blackman, former wide receiver or Packer player. I can't remember. Um, there was, there was a, oh, Will Blackman. Will Blackman was the Packer player. Justin Blackman was the Jaguars wide receiver, if I'm remembering correctly. But that's off ta- uh, on a tangent. Uh, people discredit Rockies players for what they do. So even if Brendan Rodgers does well, if he doesn't do enough to gap himself away from Gavin Lux or Carter Kaiboom or any of these other guys, people will probably discredit him. So, Gavin, uh, Brandon Rogers, 
should have the position, should have the playing time. You know, I expect him to get called up fairly quickly. I don't think they will put him in AAA for too long to be in contention for Rookie of the Year. If you're wondering, Brendan Rodgers, 60 hit, 60 game power, 50 field, 55 throw. So second base is probably a good position for him as opposed to shortstop. Works with his defensive chops better. Um, We'll see what happens there. I'm not super excited about Brendan Rodgers. I've never been super excited about Brendan Rodgers. I know there's a lot of people that are. It's just not me. I think I'm just prospect fatigued out on Brendan Rodgers. That being said, there is some hope when you look at his uh, trends in the minors. You look at his stadium, and you look at the fact that he will probably get a decent amount of playing time this year. Um, Hopefully over 100 games. As for Brendan Rodgers' prices... He had a, oh, interesting, one second. Um, so the last the last Bowman Chrome card sold on February 13th for best offer accepted, and that was accepted for $75 for a BGS 9.5. So BGS 9.5, 10, 100 bucks, or $75. You know, it's a fine price. Nothing to write home about. I think if you do... If you were to buy one, February 1st, one went for 45 ungraded. If you were to buy it, you know, you really got to be big on Brendan Rodgers. And you really got to trust that people will not discredit him for Coors. Like Nolan Arenado is one of the best players in MLB, but what is his tops update rookie card at? Like 10 bucks, 20 bucks, if that. Uh, so people just do not love players that play in Coors, and Brendan Rodgers is going to fall into that trap. So I do not expect him to be Rookie of the Year, but he's a dark horse. And then moving on, I've got two pitchers. The first pitcher is much, much more likely. The second pitcher, not as much. So the first pitcher is Dustin May. I'm always one to pick a position player over a uh, pitcher for Rookie of the Year, but Dustin May Definitely has the chance. He's going to be in the Dodgers rotation right away. Right now, it's currently shaping up to be Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler, Julio Arias, Dustin May, David Price. That's good positioning. Fourth fourth on the list. Um, obviously, he's going to get a few less starts than the rest than the top three. You'd like him to slot up a little bit to maybe get a 33rd, 34th start on the year. But that's okay. We don't need it. Um, if he can get to 30 starts on the year, which I don't know if he will, 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 because last year he pitched, let me do a little quick math here, 106, 140 innings. So if he ups that a little bit, maybe he gets to 170, 175 innings this year, but they're going to have him on an inning count, count. so they're not going to let him go 200 innings. And they might, you know, flip-flop him to the bullpen middle of the year to save those innings if they want him for the playoffs or not. Maybe they don't because they could just have David Price as their fourth starter and uh, be fine. So maybe they don't. Maybe they just, once he gets up to a certain amount of innings, flip him to the bullpen and let him ride the rest of the year in the bullpen out because I don't think the Dodgers are expected to go to the World Series. They're an amazing team. They're expected to go there. If they get there, 
you're looking at a ton of innings, and a ton of innings is fine for David Price and Clayton Kershaw. Not so much for your Walker Buehler, Buehlers, Julio Urias, and Dustin Mays. So that will be interesting for the Dodgers. I don't know what's going to happen there. But Dustin May is in great shape. He's opening the year in the Major League rotation. And he's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. He's got a 65 fastball per fan graph, 65 fastball, 60 slider, a 50 changeup, a 60 cutter, and 60 command. Um, and 60 future value. That's a very good pitcher. That is a number two Number two, number three. Not an ace, but a solid guy. And you see those guys come up. First taste of the majors. Well, this will be a second taste, really. But first full year in the majors. Guys aren't used to him. Does really well. Runs away with the with the uh, Rookie of the Year award. We've seen it a lot. We've seen terrible pitchers come up and win Rookie of the Year's. So I wouldn't be shocked to see somebody as good as Dustin May come up and win Rookie of the Year. If you're wondering, his cup of tea last year in the majors, he had 34 innings, 4 games started, 10 games in relief, and he hit had a 3.63 ERA with a 2.90 uh, fielding independent pitching. He was good for almost a win above replacement in his 34 innings. If you extrapolate that out, those 30, we'll say 35 innings, um, if he hits 140 innings, he would be a four-win player. If he hits 175 innings, he's a five-win player. So I know you can't extrapolate it out like that. Guys will see him more often. Guys will see him a third time through the order, and stuff will get things will get difficult for him. But he's got the pitches. He's got three-plus pitches. He's got plus command and a fourth average pitch. That is, you can do a lot worse than that along with the fact that he had a 8.3 K per 9, which is good. You'd expect a little bit better from a guy with his stuff, but only a 1.3 uh, walk per 9, which is really, really good. Not as many strikeouts, but limiting uh, free passes. I'll take that all day. So Dustin May, a definite, definite front runner for this rookie of the year along with Gavin Lux and Carter Kaiboom. I slot him behind him just because he is a pitcher, and I prefer the position player side for Rookie of the Year to the pitching side. But that doesn't mean he won't win it. And as for Dustin May, his Bowman Chrome prices, 2018 Bowman Chrome, he also doesn't have a first, for those of you that are wondering. And he's around $30. February 15th, $33.50, buy it now. February 15th, $34.05, uh, buy it now. $35 for February 15th. A PSA 10 went for almost $89 with shipping. So you're looking at you're looking at a decent number of cards that are uh, going for the 30 to PSA 10 for 70-80 range. Um whoa. February 11th some dude paid $80 for a Dustin May base auto. Not crossed out on my computer. That's outrageous. 30 bucks. If you're looking at 30 bucks for a Dustin May card and he pitches like he could in a really, really good Dodgers team and sneaks out of there with the rookie of the year, there's no reason this he's not a $50, $40, $50 card. But do I want to spend 30 bucks to not get 
double my prices back? Probably not. But he is pretty safe. On the pitching prospect side, he's pretty safe. What's outrageous is last year, you could have got him for like $15, and now he's a $30 guy. So, And then moving on, last, and I was going to say not least, but definitely least on this list, is Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller is a very nice pitcher. Pittsburgh Pirates, two Pirates on this list for being a bad team, kind of shocking. But he's 23 years old, uh, right-handed pitcher for the Pirates, and Fangraphs ranks, he gives him a 55 fastball, 60 slider, 55 curve, 60 command, 55 future value. So not as many plus pitches as Dustin May, really good command. Um, That Pirates team, he's going to be in that rotation, rotation, probably because Jamison Tyon is injured, but right now the rotation is looking like it's going to go Joe Musgrove, Mitch Keller, Chris Archer, Trevor Williams, Stephen Brault, uh, something like that. Um, a fine rotation. You know, Trevor Williams was really good a couple years ago. Chris Archer hasn't been good in years, but you never know. Maybe Chris Archer finally figures it out. He always gets high strikeout numbers. Uh, Joe Musgrove was good last year. So Mitch Keller slotting in there somewhere in that list. I read him off second, but that doesn't necessarily mean he'll be their number two pitcher. But he will get some innings this year or start this year in the major leagues, which is big for Rookie of the Year competitions. Uh, What happens from there, I don't know. In AAA last year, he threw 103 innings and had a 3.56 ERA with a 3.60 FIP, had a 10.68 K per nine and a 3.04 walk per nine. So three walks per nine, 10.7 strikeouts per nine. Uh, Those are really good numbers. The walks, you know, a little higher than... um, career norms for a long time there he ran walk rates in the twos and then in double a and triple a the last couple of years it's been in the threes but then he lowered it in his 48 innings in the mlb with a three walk per nine exactly 3.00 and a 12.19 k per nine both really good numbers he also gave up a huge amount of home runs he gave up 1.13 home runs per nine innings in his 48 innings. That's really, really bad. Really bad. And you can see that because he had a 7.13 ERA, but a 3.19 fielding independent pitching, or FIP, which uh, FIP, not a great stat. I should be using DRA, but that's on baseball prospectus. I didn't feel like looking it up. Uh, 3.19 FIP is basically what his ERA should have been. And that is almost four, his ERA was actually four runs higher than what it should have been. That's because of all those home runs. It also takes into account all the strikeouts, and they love strikeouts, and he had a ton of them. So, you know, if he can limit, if he can limit the home run this year, and there's no saying he does, because, again, MLB baseball. Uh, but if he could, he becomes a very, very interesting pitcher and a much, much better pitcher and one that could potentially win Rookie of the Year. The problem with him is that he's on a team that is going to be bad, whereas Gavin Lux and Dustin May and Carter Kaiboom are on teams that are expected to be good. So Mitch Keller for Bowman Cone prices, not a very sought-after guy. Uh, Number one, he doesn't have a first auto. Number two, 
his purple auto, February 14th, uh, purple out of 250 went for 15 bucks. You know, Dustin May bases are going for 30. Mitch Keller purples are going for 15. Um, but then you had February 11th, a base going for 17, 18 bucks. And you scroll down the page a little bit and, uh, you know, it, it gets worse. Base auto, January 19th, eight bucks. Um, so I don't know what to make of Mitch Keller prices. They're, they're not really sought after. Auctions don't come up very often. A lot of the cards you'll find that are cheap or on auctions are like archive series stuff, um, which you don't really want. So if you're trying to get Mitch Keller, you're probably going to have to throw an offer out there. There's a number, there's a couple of cards that are or best offer, but a lot of them are just really, really high buy it nows or um, auctions that start at way too high of a price. So Mitch Keller, definitely in the running, just not as exciting as a Dustin May, not as exciting as a Gavin Lux, not as exciting as a Carter Kaiboom. So with that, we have, that is all I've got for the NL Rookie of the Year. If I were a betting man, I'd bet on Gavin Lux. He's in the best position. He's on the best team. He'll get the most publicity. Carter Kaiboom is interesting. Dustin May is interesting. Brendan Rodgers is interesting. Brian Hayes, Christian Pache, and Mitch Keller, less so, but still have a shot. And those are about the guys that I think have a shot. Uh, maybe a Mackenzie Gore gets called up to the majors, does really well in AA and AAA, and gets called up and just storms through the majors. Probably not, but you never know. Maybe Joey, Bart's get, Joey Bart gets called up, but where's Buster Posey going to go? Maybe they shift Buster Posey to first full-time and Joey Bart comes up. I don't think that's happening either. Uh, outside of that, you know, Spencer Howard, it seems like he will probably come up this year, but that might be a little later. He's only hit double A. So there's there's a couple of guys in the NL. Dylan Carlson, you know, maybe Dylan Carlson comes up. He did really well last year. I could see him maybe taking the league by storm and winning a rookie of the year, but I'm not willing to bet on Dylan Carlson. He's only shown it for one year. Let's see a little bit more out of him. Uh, Drew Waters, same boat. So there's a couple guys, and Drew Waters even worse than Christian Pache is that uh, he's a worst offender. Christian Pache is probably more ready, and there really is no outfield room. They just signed Marcelo Zuna. They've got Ronald Lacuna. That rhymes. Marcelo Zuna, Ronald Lacuna. So they, they've got those two guys. There's no room for both. Christian Pache and Drew Waters. So, oh, and Nico Horner. Nico Horner might sneak in there. Uh, he's MLB ready. They don't have a second baseman because Javi Baez is playing shortstop now as Addison Russell was kicked out the door, rightfully so, because he's a bad man. So there's some interesting names in this in this uh, Rookie of the Year race, but I've got to go with Gavin Lux. He's from Wisconsin. We're from Wisconsin. He's in the best uh, spot to uh, get publicity. Gavin Lux is my guy for NL Rookie of the Year. Uh, thank you all for listening to this podcast, this NL Rookie of the Year podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope it was informative, or at least you got some prices, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, pitchers and catchers report today. 
I mean pitchers and catchers. Pitchers and catchers reported last week. Position players report today. Today is Monday the 17th. So that is exciting. That means first spring training game should be happening probably end of this week. I should really look at a schedule, but end of this week. So be expecting that. Um, if you've got YouTube TV or DirecTV or Time Warner, something like that, you know, and you have MLB Network, that means spring training games are about to be starting pretty soon here. And there's nothing nicer than turning on a spring training game midday and watching that. So I hope you all enjoy the enjoy the upcoming spring training season. I can't wait to cover it more, and I will talk to you guys again next time. Have a good rest of your day.